0: But this Saturday night, Fairmount Park, we've got Alchemy Pops coming out. We've got a, food, a couple of food trucks coming. We're showing a movie uh, right in the middle of Fairmount, and uh, we'd love for you to come and hang out with us. And we're going to have a blast. starts at 7.30. we got face painting happening, popcorn, all this stuff, and, uh, and I think we'll actually have some live mu- music starting around 7.30. So uh, really going to be a blast, an opportunity for us not only to hand out backpacks and do that, but also to just be a part of our community. Our vision is Jesus on Every street and in every heart. And so that will not happen by just having a service on a Sunday. And so we are more interested in being a part of our community and being part of our city. And uh, we think when uh, revival will happen, and I know that's a big word and I'm not going to unpack it, so you can just deal with that. but. Um, But we believe that'll happen when we start counting how many people make decisions on Monday, just as much as we count how many make decisions on Sunday. Amen. And so we really want to see that happen in our dinner parties and in our streets, neighborhoods, wherever we go. We're going to talk about that today. Hey, but before uh, I preach this morning, uh, we had about seven people go to uh, the L.A. Dream Center, uh, the City of Angels, and uh, we sent seven angels uh, to the Dream Center, and, uh, and there, some of them are in service, some of them are serving, their first Sunday back, and they're serving, uh, Joel and Mary, and Luke, uh, and Brad's here, and Mal's here, and Amanda, and Mary joined the last part of the trip, uh, Heather's here somewhere, Jamie was there, oh, there's Heather, uh, who am I forgetting, any, oh, Jamie's in London, you know, LA to London, that's how we do, and, um, but I'm gonna have my sister-in-law Mallory come on up to the stage, which I know she's really excited to do. And uh, Mal was one of the uh, one of the few that went and made the investment, and uh, and we uh, really just wanted to take a second and talk about one. Can you just give a round of applause for the seven people who made the investment? Um, And the reason I wanted to have Mal come up, which I know she really is excited to share in front of all of these people. Um, By the way, she's a teacher. You go, did you start last Friday? I mean, you went to the school and get everything ready. Um, And do you guys start with students this week?
1: No. No. One more week.
0: One more week. Yeah. So, some, I'm sure some of that's different Sorry. different school districts. But let's, you know, can I, we do a favor just real quick before we even get into the interview? Let's pray over all our teachers. We got several teachers um, and pray over all the students that are starting in the next week or so. Can we do that real quick? But I thank you so much for uh, people like Mallory, uh, people who give their time and, and and give their life to young people. And I pray that uh, they know that they can be Jesus on every street and every heart. And we pray over every school and every classroom and every teacher who loves Jesus. I pray that you'd give them the wisdom, the courage. Uh, to step into the places that others won't. And uh, Lord, I pray you protect them, but I also pray you inspire them to take risk and to love people. And, and I thank you for the fact that they already do that. Uh, and I pray that you'd give them even greater creativity and greater courage in doing it this year um, and give them favor and, and let them see things that happen in their classroom they never expected to happen. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, so, uh, so yeah, went to LA. I didn't get to go. Mary got to go the last couple days. We got some pictures there. There's a, uh, is that everybody? Yeah, that is. And uh, that's the crew that went. Um, it was nice and sunny and not crazy hot. Although LA's having a tough time right yeah, now. They, they're really having a tough time. Uh, for eight hours of the day, and then the rest of the time, it's nice and cool with a breeze. So get over it. But, um, <laughs> but uh, this group went. So just give us real quickly if you could, just a bit of an overview over uh, what you guys did. Because you were there from, you got there Monday, Mm -hmm. and then you guys hung out with C3LA on that next Sunday, and then you all came back. But you were at the Dream Center Monday through Friday.
1: Yeah. So I'll tell you a little bit about our week. We got there on Monday, and I um, asked Amanda last minute, I was like, can you get me some visuals? As a teacher, I just really appreciate that. (laughs) So this is our first day there. We got there. They gave us a tour of the Dream Center, which is this massive building. It used to be a hospital um, it was built in the 20s, so um, that's the age of my grandfather was born. So just put that in perspective. But it was a hospital for the longest time. And then in the 90s, um, Pastor Matthew opened it as the Dream Center. So it's it's been the Dream Center for a while now, and it's just this massive place. They actually house um, residents that are going through a disciples program um, that actually live on campus. So we stayed on campus uh, Monday when we got there, they gave us a tour of the entire place, took us up on the roof- rooftop which has the best view of LA, the Hollywood signs in the back, and it's just like, I was just in awe, I wasn't listening to anything else, because it was wonderful, um, the building was also kind of creepy, because it's so old, and they have like <laughs> filmed Freddy Krueger there, so staying on campus that night, it was actually a little bit terrifying. But it was great. So Monday, we just kind of hung out, got to know each other a little bit, got to know the other teams. And then Tuesday, we started our outreaches. So the Dream Center does two outreaches a day. And before we went, uh, we sat down as the seven of us as a team and said, okay, here's the options that they have for the outreaches. And we need to pick some stuff that we're kind of interested in or whatnot. Um, so we sat down and then gave them some feedback as what we like as a church or what as just personal. Preferences. So Tuesday, we started Tuesday morning at the foster care intervention. So as a teacher, I was super excited. You know, we know kids in and out of foster care all the time, but to put it in perspective what it looks like at home. So here's a picture of us building a dresser and a crib for a single dad who's in need. Um, Mom is struggling with addiction. And so Bradley actually got to interview um, the dad while we built. And um, Tuesday afternoon, we went over to Kids Jam, which is this really cool... Uh, program they have. They go in the middle of the projects, is what, you know, we call it here, and they set up and do, like, worship with them and play, and they bring, you know, the Word of Jesus to them in a fun and exciting way. Got to play games and get to know the kids in their community. It was, as a teacher, again, extremely, extremely cool to see. So that was Tuesday. Wednesday, um, the next picture coming up, we'll show you. We went to Chinatown and we delivered food. Um, First we loaded the food truck super just made an assembly line loading it up um, and then we unloaded it to Chinatown and these people just line up ready to accept whatever we have for them. Um, So that was just hard manual work and uh, I found myself very sore. (laughs) That afternoon, we went to Long Beach. Dream Center has another location in Long Beach where we got to, there was nobody there at the time, but they just needed help organizing. They have donations coming in all the time. So we organized, um, built another shelf. Bradley's up doing roof stuff. So I mean, they just use every part of you. Um, Mary's down in the very scary uh, basement doing diapers and just everyone's kind of doing their own thing, just helping organize their center. Of course, we got to go to the beach and have lunch, so that's our group selfie. Um, And then Thursday we did, uh, let me remind myself, okay, Thursday was, I think, a really big day for our group. Um, If you ask anyone who has this shirt on today, um, Thursday was a really, really impactful day, and that's when I finally came out of my shell, and up until then, I would not be sitting on the stage. (laughs) Um, My sister and my mom were like, you're a teacher, I'm like kids don't listen, like these adults are listening to me. (laughs) So here we are. Um, We went to the temple, Uh, Angela's, I always get the name wrong, Angela's Temple, and it is very close to the Dream Center. Um, That's kind of where they have their Thursday night services. So again, it was empty. We went um, not knowing what to expect and prayed over every seat for that night service, went to the kids' center, prayed over their rooms. They're struggling for volunteers. Then we sit down, it's a very small setting, and I'll get into this later, but the prayer pastor prayer, prayer pastor goes over a prayer activity with us, which is an extremely crazy story. Um, so we did that Thursday morning, and then Thursday afternoon we go to Skid Row, which some of you might have already heard about. It is 53 blocks of homelessness, and it is like Lancaster on steroids. It is is undescribable, unbelievable. Um, completely eye-opening the small picture of the tents there it is 53 blocks of that and it's just it's insane the smells the the rats are not rat size they're roaches it's just I'll get into that again but that's what we did Thursday afternoon and so Thursday was a huge day for our team and you know we've been there since Monday and Thursday kind of just hit us all and here we are we're seeing like some real serious stuff Thursday night we had a service. We sit down. Meredith and Brandon text us. It's C3 San Diego. Pastor John preaching. Yep. Yeah, John. I know so that. they introduce us, and they're like C3 Fort Worth, and he turns around like, "Hey guys!" So we got to hear him. <laughs> um, and then Friday, our last day of outreaches, we did another. Nope. We started out babysitting, um, and so the residents that are on
0: and dabbing, campus.
1: Yeah, so they have a program where the volunteers can go and help watch their kids while they go do whatever it is that they're doing, if they're getting counseling, or if they're working, or whatever it is that they're doing, serving or for their center, um, they need a place for their kiddos, so um, Luke was our MVP that day, water soaked, Mary and him just took over by that day, Friday morning, we're all like so tired, and here are these crazy kids ready to play. Um, so that, that was really cool to see and just get to talk to them. They're used to people coming in and out. So, um, they're just open and ready to hang out. Um, and then that afternoon I, we didn't get pictures because we were so tired and that was the (laughs) hardest outreach. We did another food truck, but it was intense. It was like, huge boxes of food and just it was hard hard work and nobody really talked we we're just lifting and moving and sweating and there's no time for water let's just get out of here kind of thing um but just a really cool experience and then um the rest of the weekend we went and kind of relaxed and then we got to see c3 la silver Lake.
0: yeah 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 that's awesome yeah there you go there's the, the very good well done presentation on what happened and what went on and and uh, I know that for these guys, it, there's you don't really know exactly what you're going to be doing until you get there, uh, which is, I think is good. Um, Heather mentioned to me this is kind of a life-changing trip for her, and she'd never been on a missions trip. Uh, and and that's kind of – it's it's in an, in an age and a culture where we love conferences uh, to give us stuff, which is great. I love those. Uh, but also to go into a situation like this and just give, give, give. Um, it, it's an incredible thing. So tell me why – why you went. I mean, that was great. Yeah. Why did you go? Why did you go, oh, I'm going to pay $900 to go do stuff and things I'm not sure I'm even going to like. Um, what was the expectation? Why did you decide to make this trip?
1: Same thing as Heather. I've never really done a missions trip. And even though this is a short-term missions trip at Dream Center, um, I just have never done anything where you purposely go and serve another city or go serve other people. Um, it did pop up on my time hop the other day. Nine years ago, we went to Galveston as our small little C3 yeah. church. And yeah. we did um, some serving from the hurricane. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, but that was really it. I never went on a mission to tell people about Jesus. So um, we had no expectations. I texted Amanda 15 times the night before. Like, what are you taking? What are we doing? <laughs> Where are we?" what? She didn't know. We knew we were going. We knew what time. And they were going to lay it out for us when we got there. Yeah. So they're really, we just were ready to do whatever they were. So then,
0: so with no expectations, what, what was different, even though you may not have had any clear expectations, maybe you had some ideas of what might happen, how did it differ from what the reality was and what you actually experienced?
1: The reality hit hard, honestly. I, um, personally, am a very out of sight, out of mind person, and it can be very unhealthy now that I am, you know, learning and talking through this with myself, but even with, like, animals on, you know, you're driving down, you see an animal, and you're like, oh, and, you know, it'll find its home. That's how I live. <laughs> um, uh, th- there's others who are very opposite of me who are like, no, that dog is, you know, whatever. So I, I live very out of sight, out of mind. When we got there, the reality was that's gone. Here's what it is. Here's what our city has. And you're going to see the nitty-gritty, yeah. like, smelly, this is the reality. So it yeah. hit very hard. Um, the first day doing foster care, Um, Just working with kids, it didn't really hit me that hard. The Kids Jam going into the projects, going into their environment, it started to hit. So that first day of outreach is I'm like, okay, wow, forget out of sight, out of mind. There is a need, and this Dream Center is incredible for what they do. So I also, with the out of sight, out of mind, I, I personally have kept my relationship with Jesus very private I'm not one to go up and be like, hey, do you know Jesus? You want to talk about it? Um, I just, I feel like I don't, I never had the confidence for that. So going on this mission trip, I'm like, I'm going to have to go up to people and be like, hey, you know, we're here to serve you. We come from a church in Fort Worth, like, and just be very direct about it and say, do you know Jesus? Do you want to talk about it kind of thing? That's very uncomfortable for me. Um, So the reality hit when I hear Pastor Brandon's, in my ear, you know, if you're not being stretched and you're not letting Jesus do work until you're uncomfortable. And it was very uncomfortable as the week went on and we're we're getting ready to go to an outreach and they're like, who wants to pray? And I'm like... (laughs) Or we're coming in to close out, who wants to share? You know, I'm just like, I've always been like that. I love to hear other people. I'm just not the person to take charge and say, I experienced this, let me pray over it, everyone. That's not me. So... Um, Come Thursday, the reality hit for the entire group when we're sitting in chairs like this. It's a very intimate setting, and Mona, the prayer pastor, says, I'm going to do an activity with you guys with candy. Yes, this is going to be awesome. We didn't eat breakfast. Let's do it. (laughs) She says, here's what we're going to do. Everyone's going to pick. Don't look what you're picking. Just grab one. And so I'm like, yes. So I pick it, and then she tells us the... The rules of what we're doing. She's like, I'm going to have you ask God what he's trying to tell you through this piece of candy. And I was like,
0: I'm out. (laughs) Before or after I eat it. Not that
1: I didn't, yeah. Not that I am saying anything bad about people who have those experiences. I never had those experiences where it's like, God told me to do this. Because when people tell me that, they're usually very specific. This um, guide in L.A. who does the skid row, he's like, yeah, God told me to pack up from Louisiana, move to L.A., do this. I said, like, he told you all of that? (laughs) (laughs) Like, but I need to know how he told you. Did you hear him? Did you see him? I just am I'm honestly a little freaked out when people say God told me because I'm like, that's never happened to me. Yeah. Um, and so she's like, you have to ask God what he's trying to tell you through this candy. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, I can do that, whatever. She goes, then you're going to share. And then you're going to pray over it in front of everyone. And my, like, body's, like, (laughs) shaking. And Bradley's holding me. Amanda's holding me. They're like, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, I'm going to throw up. Like, it's not going to be okay. I'm leaving. Goodbye, L.A. So, everyone's like, she's like, I'm just going to give you a minute. Take as long as you need. And I'm like, lady, I'm going to need all day. So, I'm looking. I got M&Ms. And I'm looking at M&Ms. And I'm like, okay, God. Tell me what you're going to tell me. Like, I'm listening. I'm finally, like, somebody is literally making me listen to you and, and, and ask you what you're trying to tell me through a piece of candy. So I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I've got nothing. I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he's not talking to me. Like, freaking out, shaking. Like, I'm shaking. So everyone puts their head up like they're done. And I'm like, Boo! and then it hits me. <laughs> then something hits me, and I'm like, okay, i turn the candy bar over. That might help you. So it's a package of Eminem, the fun size. So I finally turn it over and it literally clicks. Like everyone talks about how it just clicks and it just is there and I'm like, it's happening to me. (laughs) And then I realize, oh my gosh, you have to talk about it. And I was like, never mind, it's not happening. So you like go through this battle of like you're talking yourself out like he's not talking to me, Um, but he is. And so she's like, who wants to go first? And of course, Bradley, my awesome boyfriend jumps up. I'll go first. Can I stand in front of everyone? And I'm like, no, sit down. (laughs) Because he's like setting the tone for us. And me and Amanda are like, so he gets up and he shares his and it's wonderful and it's great. And then other people are going. And if you see someone with this shirt on today and you have time, stop them and ask them what God told them through their candy bar, because each person has a story that they have to tell you. And like, the tears were flowing. There was tissues flying. And um, so it gets to my turn, and I'm hyperventilating. I'm like, I, I need to go because I might die. <laughs> so she's like, okay, you can go. Because Amanda went, actually, Amanda's story, like, really hit me hard. So I was like, okay, if she can do that, and it was amazing, I can do it. So I'm like, please let me go. So I go, um, and I don't know how much time I have to get into it. I can give you the quick story. But... Um, Basically, my M&Ms like, told me nothing at first. I flipped it over, and I was really listening, and I really had to say, God, what is it? Like, tell me now, because I'm running out of time, and I have to tell people what you told me. <laughs> and it, like, um, I don't know if you've seen the commercial of the M&M. It's usually a husband and a wife, and they're, like, just kind of goofy... Anyone seen that commercial? <laughs> um, maybe not. But uh, so it's the it's like a husband and wife is what I call it. It's a male and female Eminem, um, and the female's like behind the male doing bunny ears, and I'm like, oh my god, that's so me to Bradley. So then it, when I said Bradley's name, it just started flowing in me like God's telling you, okay, you've, you've had a past, and you've asked me things for several years, and I'm going to tell you, like, you've been through all of the M&Ms in your life that you just, you know, weren't working with, and then I looked next to me, and he, there he is, um, and it's like he clearly said, you found your M&M sorry, babe. Um, You found your M&M and you don't have to search anymore. You need to understand that I hear you. Um, And all of these things just started going and going and going. And so when it was my turn to talk, it just flew out of me. I didn't have to, I mean, I didn't have to try. It just came. Um, So working through that. And then it was my time to pray, which I've never prayed out loud in front of. I mean, I wouldn't say never, but it's been a while, and I just don't have the confidence, so I prayed over myself, which was really weird. I prayed over Bradley, I prayed over the situation, um, and then Bradley asked, get it together, Amanda's crying. Uh, she asked if she could pray over Bradley and I, and just, it was a very intimate setting, and it, it, that is just my story, that's just the tip of it, but they have, each person who's wearing one of these shirts has an incredible story that started with wow. the candy bar. Yeah. Um, So here we are thinking we're gonna go serve and pray other people and we're the ones getting served and prayed over and it was just amazing. Um, And then we were able to go out and pray over each seat with a different level of confidence. Um, I took ownership over some of the classrooms in the kids zone, I'm sure they were like, she's praying, like let her pray. And so I just like got out of my comfort zone, I was stretched, I was, it was an incredible experience. Um, So, what was your question?
0: Hey, Kyle, could you go ahead and hand out all the candy bars real quick? We're going to. Uh... Man, what a cool thing. And I, and I know some of you might even be hearing that going, okay, seriously, candy bar? It, it's not the candy bar, it's the, the focused, intentional, God can speak to me. What does he want us to say? And being willing to fight through those moments where, okay, he's, no, he's not saying that. He is saying, well, okay, wait, I don't want to say that, so maybe I'm not going to let him say that. Yeah. Um, I don't want to speak into that. Um, so through these experiences, through the serving, through the meeting people you didn't know you'd meet, um, through the candy bars, through all the different things that you kind of went through over those few days, uh, what would you say has changed in your mindset? What has changed in your thinking as you've come home, you've been here now for a week about to start school, uh, taking on some new things and kids. What, what's kind of what's happening for you or what has happened in, in the way you look at things?
1: I would say, It goes back to the out-of-sight, out-of-mind thing for me. That completely just crushed that for me, which I needed. I needed a reality check. I needed to be told, like, yes, there is a need, and you don't need to push it aside. There's not anyone in this room that wouldn't say, I'm going to go help feed the homeless if you had the opportunity. We all want that, and we all want to serve and do good for people. But it gets so overwhelming when you see how much need is out there. So this trip is, you know, I really had to, once I was, you know, comfortable with asking God, I really had to ask him, what is it that we can do? Like, why are we here? There's no way we can help everyone. And it's just like, he's like, I've got the big stuff. Now that you're comfortable praying and now that you're comfortable um, talking to me, go out and show that to other people. So there was several times where we got to Skid Row, and we would run out of our bags of food and water instantly because they just come to you, and they need that. So it was very hard for me to say, I don't have food, shelter, and water for you, the things you physically need. But I was, very, I was struggling with prayer is not enough for them, and I was very wrong. So this trip completely gave me a reality check saying prayer is enough. Prayer is your number one. And... So that is what I needed to work on and that is what I got the most help on. So going into the streets of Skid Row, seeing these roaches and rats and and not having anything for these people is extremely heartbreaking and sad and just, it's something you have to see for yourself, out of sight, out of mind. I had to see it for myself. God had to show me, all caps, show me physically, like you're not going to be able to do all but you can pray. So my thing was, I don't know how to specifically pray for people. I don't know how to be intentional. I want to pray for people who are sick. I pray for Sarah every day, but I don't know, I don't see her. So I struggled with that. You know, I want to pray for my kids when they go home at night, but I can't see their home life. I was really struggling with how to pray for people in need. So going there and seeing it, and, and I just sat down and I prayed with this lady named Red and in her tent And I just prayed over it, and Bradley, I'm sure, was like, okay. She's like, what's happening? Like, I just completely was just surrendered to it and said, what do you need? And she said, I need you to pray for my kids. I need you to pray for my addictions. And I just prayed for her, and that was enough. So going and seeing and knowing that that's enough and coming home, um, that's what the trip did for me And knowing it's very out of sight, but I can actually pinpoint it now, and I know how to pray for people.
0: So awesome. So good. One, one last question, and then I want to share a few things. And um, I love hearing from people in our church. I uh, want this to be something that we just do on a regular basis. Uh, I think people have a lot to say and a lot of stories to tell. And it can't always happen on a Sunday morning on a stage. And maybe we need to be good about grabbing people and asking them questions. What would you say in terms of um, what would you speak to this group, our vision, Jesus on every street and every heart, streets and hearts of Fort Worth, Uh, What would you encourage, challenge? What would you speak to us uh, as we go and try to accomplish this vision of of reaching a city?
1: First of all, it was really cool to see, you know, they have everything. They've got a really good center in L.A. They've got really good help. They've got everything they need. It was cool to know that we can go home to a church who has the same things. Um, I just loved having that in the back of my head, like, oh, I can't wait to get home to our church. So what we have here is incredible. Um, I've been a part of this church my whole life I've watched you become a youth leader and so first and foremost like we have it here Um, and there is changes that are happening that are just um, I can't even put into words but watching this grow from the beginning and as I grow it, it was so cool to see like we can do these things at our church. So we got in the car and it was kind of like word vomit. I'm like, Amanda, how can we do Kids Jam? We have to get it set up, we have to do this, I need to, I need to do it, I need to be in charge, I need to take, we gotta do it. Like there's so many things, every single thing we did in LA can be done here, um, which is so good for me to know, like we have it, we have the people, we have the supplies. Um, but I would say with our, our mission, every street, Jesus in every street and every heart, um, I have now a better understanding of like when I'm at the coffee shop or when I'm at school talking to parents, I don't need to be afraid of bringing Jesus into it. Um, It's a slight bit illegal in my classroom, but I do have ways that I get around it, and I, I can find ways for myself where I am very comfortable bringing that relationship out and showing other people. So I would just encourage our church, we have it. We have networks all around our city that are doing things like that. So if you have something in your heart that's telling you I want to go out and do a little bit more, this shirt, I'm sorry, I'm like jumping around. This shirt says we get to serve. And that changed our mindset a lot is... um, like, you know, when people are saying, Well, you should pray about it. Well, you should, but the, the better answer is you get to pray about yeah. it. You get Jesus has set that up to where you you get to pray and you he you get to tell him everything and he's gonna take care of it. Yeah. So we get to serve is the same thing. It's like we it is our privilege to get out and serve our city. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to go to Lancaster and feed the homeless. I mean you can. There's just so many other ways to do it, and it's just as simple as prayer. Praying over somebody you saw driving I mean, if they were, seemed upset, or just little things that you can yeah. start noticing yeah. and saying, my prayer is enough for them, yeah. um, and just bringing that into our environment and, and each other. So
0: fantastic. Isn't that good? Hey, would you guys give it up for Mallory? Stepping up and sharing. So good. So good. Very, very good. Look at that standing ovation. I don't get those. I have to ask people to stand. Hey, so good. I, I do have a few things I want to run through pretty quickly. You know when I have someone come up and, and have a conversation. And again, I know for some of us, we're going, no, no I came here to hear a preacher preach. And, and I get that. And I appreciate that, um, whether or not you were talking about me. Uh, I, I, but I also know that we have to be better at listening to people, yeah. just in general. And conversation is, is critical. Uh, and in a, in a culture and in a community where conversation can tend to be missing or, or devoid of any real depth, uh, we have to be people who are willing to ask the questions and just sit and just listen. Uh, believe it or not, some of what Mallory was speaking are things that I wanted to share with you today, and you're going to see some of these themes run through uh, what we're talking about. But if you would turn to Mark chapter 16, and we're going to go through this uh, pretty quickly. I want to make sure... Uh, We get out at a decent time and and able to grab some lunch, and we do have Next Steps. I want to hang out with some some folk, some people, Um, but I I loved it. We definitely are doing Dream Center again next year. I encourage you guys to be a part of that. Mark chapter 16, if you don't know, my name's Brandon. My wife Meredith and I pastor the church here. If you're a guest with us, we're we're, we're excited you're here. We'd love to meet you and uh, hang out with you for a minute. Uh, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. You guys ready? Everybody there? Got a few people, front rows, ready? Uh, Mark 16, 15. And then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone, everywhere. Everybody say, everyone. everyone. Everywhere. everywhere. It's not no one and nowhere. It's not someone and somewhere. It is everyone, Everywhere. Uh, I love to travel. My wife and I enjoy it. Uh, we don't get to do it as much as I'd like to, uh, but I, we love it. I, I personally love it. Mayor would like to go to one place and one place only, and that is a, a beach with clear water and only stay in on the beach, which is weird. I don't understand that. Uh, if you want to sit and stay and go down the road, uh, but but I like to go. Any any new place? I like to go to places I've been before. In fact, with Meredith, uh, she joined the team there at Dream Center last Saturday, Uh, on Sunday afternoon or Monday. They drove to uh, Newport, and uh, which is where I grew up going every weekend or every year. And and there's a little spot there called Corona Del Mar, and uh, has a very special place in my heart. Uh, And so I made Meredith Facetime me, and uh, she Facetime me, and I started shouting through the phone. I was excited, man. It was the Holy Spirit, and uh, and um, and there places like that. I remember driving to New York for the first time. And we had met a friend in Philadelphia, and he drove us into New York. He lived in Philly. And so he drove me into New York and drove us into New York. And we drove into Queens at 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, if you're a a southern boy from Texas and all you ever thought you were ever going to be was a beach boy uh, on the beach and never going to a big city like New York, uh, driving into Queens at 1 a.m. is a bit of a shock. And on top of that, you have all these ideas that New York's dangerous and it's scary and all these kind of things. And and so we go in. We go through the doorman which again fairly new to me and and we go up to the room we had a friend who uh, allowed us to stay at their place and so that was a blast And, and then the next day we walk out the very first thing I see my very first step out the door uh, was a man in a Speedo laying sunbathing on a 20 by 20 piece of grass, because <laughs> that's the outdoors, y'all, and uh, and but I tell you what, man, I've never been more amazed, I love New York City every time I see a picture, something leaps in my heart, I want to go, and uh, there's something about going to new places, and I'm that annoying friend when I go to new places, I'm that guy that's like, oh my god, you see that it's a billboard, it's, that's crazy it's whoa, and uh, they're serving food in a restaurant, it's amazing um, it's just, I get seriously I'm that guy anybody know that person everything's cool like it's a whoa whoa walking on concrete what and uh it's just like it blows your mind and uh, that's me I want to go out I want to be a part of stuff Mary's like you stop it just sit for a second um and uh and and that's just me and I, I believe it or not I kind of feel like Jesus was that way. I feel like when you follow Jesus through the Gospels, you find a Savior who was walking the streets. And every time he walked into a new situation, he saw someone or something that he was interested in. I don't know about you, but maybe we don't do that very well. Uh, And I I feel like that was him. And so Jesus had just resurrected from the dead, which is kind of a big deal. And uh, he comes to his disciples, and he goes, now, for you, I want you to go into all the world and preach the good news. I want you to do it. And I'm sure if you're a disciple and you just saw Jesus rise from the dead, move the stone away, walked out all good, uh, that you could look at him and go, well, I feel like you are more equipped and better prepared to do this whole, like, go into all the world thing. Like, you could probably fly there. You could probably, you know, do multiple versions of yourself. I don't know. However you want to do it. And I, I, I was... Uh, uh, I, you know, hes he, he, that's just kind of what I would think. And he looked at them and he goes, no, 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 I want you to do it. I want you to go into all the world. I want you to go into it. You, hey, Kyle, you came up too early. Um, and I said everyone everywhere, but it's a different one. And, um... Jeez. So come back up in like four minutes. So... I just wanted to just make sure. It's hard playing. He's been up there all day. It's for you, Kyle. I love you. And uh, and and, 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 I, you know, he's, and I think the disciples would kind of wish that Jesus would do it. And I think sometimes all of us wish that, don't we? And Jesus goes, no, 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 it's for you. And he says, I want you to go into all the world, into. We, we mentioned that a bit in Deuteronomy chapter 30 last week about this idea that we would go into the city and possess it and the city would be blessed as we enter it. And this idea, like Mallory's talking about, going into these places, that you had to go into them to really understand them. And we all come from different places. And if we're not willing to go into the places that we've never been, we'll never reach those places. And we'll always just assume certain things about those places. And we're really good at assumptions, aren't we? We're really good at blaming other people for their actions and judging ourselves by our intentions. Well, I meant to do this, but they did this. And that's not really a healthy way to live. And he says, go into All the world. And you know, I don't know if you know this, but most of the miracles Jesus performed and most of the messages Jesus preached were done outside the temple. The same for the disciples. Most of the things that happened through Jesus and through the Holy Spirit in the disciples happened outside of any formal gathering of people. I don't know about you, but maybe for some of us, the miracle that we're wanting in our lives will not happen here, but it will happen actually out there, that maybe the miracle God wants to do in you is through you. It's amazing to me that for some of these people who went to the Dream Center, what they're telling you is that their life changed, but they went to serve other people. They went to change the life of someone else, and somehow their life got changed. It's interesting how that works, isn't it? That sometimes the miracle, uh, Willie George, Gospel Bill, some of y'all know him, some of you don't, it's okay. Uh, Back in the day, Gospel Bill, but Willie George said this, he's an incredible preacher, one of my favorites, and he said, miracles happen on the frontier of the gospel. That when we're willing to actually go into places, places that had not been discovered yet, had not been founded yet, had not been established yet, and begin to bring Jesus and the gospel and the good news into those places, all of a sudden we begin to see the miracles we read about in the gospel, It's almost as though we have to activate those things in places we've never been before. And sometimes we want it to be here. And I'm not saying God doesn't move here, but maybe he moves here so you can see a miracle there. Maybe you believe here so that you can boast about him there. Maybe the whole thing that's derailing this is not that God's not doing anything here. It's just that we don't always make sure that we take it there. And so then we don't come back ready for the next here so that we can go back out there. And Jesus says, and I'm not discounting Sundays. Someone once said to me, I love how you you know, you really just make it not about Sundays. And no, 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 no. I think every day has value. I think Sundays matter. But if Sundays don't matter enough to make Monday matter more, then we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. And so he goes, go into all the world and preach the good news. And I know some of you guys immediately go, preach. Wait, I'm sorry, preach? I'm not, mm, that is not a good word for me. Right? Some of you are like Mallory. You're hyperventilating. You're sweating. You heard Mallory's story, and some of you are nervous. Right? <laughs> some of you are like, like when I made the joke about the candy bars. Some of you started to get up. You you grabbed your purse. You were ready <laughs> to go. A random text message. Um. I. You know. I. I don't. I don't know about you, but that word "preach" is sometimes. And I don't think the church does a great job sometimes of making it sound like if you want to tell people about Jesus, you better do it in front of a podium with a Bible and shouting on a microphone. That somehow that's the only way you can talk about Jesus. As though somehow what I'm doing right now is the only way that the gospel will ever get out. And I think that severely limits the effectiveness of the church and the body of Christ. In fact, if you were to really look up what that word preach means, it just simply means to proclaim or make known. And that can happen a variety of ways. Talking with some of our creative guys, talking about if it doesn't live on Monday, I don't want to do it. If we can do it on a Sunday, great, but if we can't take it into Monday, then I'm not sure I really want to spend a whole lot of time making it happen because I value this. This is incredible. I love getting together with the the music loud. You guys know this. You see me making weird body motions and all that kind of stuff, and I love worship. I love what God does in these moments. But I also know that you guys are not taking this setup to school on Monday when you're teaching your students or to your, or your workplace or to your family or to your neighborhood. You've got to be able to walk in with the presence of God, with the Holy Spirit in you because you have resurrection power. Living on the inside, of Jesus. Oh, that's a good song. And, and, and we, want, we want to walk into our lives with that. I, that would be my guess that many of you, your frustration is not that God isn't moving in these moments, but that you would really want to see them in those moments. And that's where sometimes the frustration kicks in. He says, just preach the good news. Just preach it. Here's another way he says it. In Acts chapter one, verse eight, in Acts chapter one, verse eight, he says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That is a big part of this. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. There's a little bit of a different version. Uh, telling people about me everywhere. Has, and let me just, let me give you the test here. You ready? Here's the quiz. Have you ever told anyone about Anything? Raise your hand. Anybody? Told anyone about anything? Anybody? Some of you guys are not raising your hand, and I feel like you're just being prideful. Um, <laughs> you just don't want to participate. Anyone want? If you've your hand, if you've told anyone about anything, you are qualified to preach You are qualified to talk about Jesus because in the same breath, when I get out and I start telling people about New York City, when I really give you the long version, I'm not giving you the long version today, but when we drove up next to the city, man, I really want to give you the long version, but man, it it was unreal, and I've told that story over and over and over again my first trip to New York City. It's amazing what happens when you're willing to just tell somebody, when you're willing to just... Talk about it. And for many of us, when things happen in our lives, good or bad, we're really good about telling people. We shouldn't always be so good about telling people when things go bad or things go poorly. Or maybe we should just limit how many people we tell. But the idea that we are are people who express, God's put it in you to express things. And when we don't express them, we begin to get frustrated and discouraged because good news, news in general, is meant to be announced. There's a reason it's called good news because it's meant to be announced, proclaimed, told, said. It says go into all the world and preach the good news. Don't get worried about that. In fact, and I'm not trying to tell you it's not hard. I'm not trying to tell you it's easy. Um, I I, I understand like what Mallory's talking about. It's not like it's just natural. And I think culture and and, and really I think even us ourselves, we kind of convince ourselves that we can't talk about these things. That, that, that it's private, um, but I think it's, that's the wrong way to say it. I think faith is personal, not private. Yeah. It's a very personal thing, which is maybe why it's so hard to talk about because you maybe haven't worked everything out in your head or your heart yet, as though that's what's going to seal the deal, as though someone's going to question you on every single thing you know about Jesus before they will ever let you talk about him. Maybe they just need to know that you love him, even with your doubts and frustrations and discouragements in life, but you love him and he loves you back, and that's all they need to hear. They just need to know that someone sent somebody to t- talk to them about who Jesus is, and, 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 I, and I know there's no, there's some risk there. In fact, and I'll, I'll just tell you another verse, which I think is also another challenging verse, but Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verses 11 and 12 says like this. It says, and when you were brought to trial in the synagogues, Don't you love that? Set it up like that. When you are, because you will be. Brought to trial in the synagogues and before rulers and authorities. Don't worry about how to defend yourself or what to say. For the Holy Spirit, remember Acts 1, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will become my witnesses. For the Holy Spirit will teach you when at that time what needs to be said. That is is messed up. The Holy Spirit will teach you when you get there. In the moment. When you're on trial, then you will know what to say. That sounds risky to me. But I would tell you a robust faith is born out of a faith that takes risk, takes risk. A robust faith is one that's born out of and shaped by and encouraged when you take risk and you take a candy bar and go, God, what is going on right now? Or you sit in a tent with a lady named Red and you go, I got nothing. That's in the Bible, by the way. I got no gold, no silver, but what I do have is the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. That is part of what it is to be a believer, is to know that I walk into every situation with something. There is never a time that I have nothing to offer. I always have something. And at that time, in the moment, are you willing to take that kind of risk that I may have someone's name on my mind, but I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm at least going to say something. And when I start to say something, something's going to come out. And they're going to go, wow, that was what I needed. And you're going to go, oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) I've been preparing that. No, you liar, right? It, it's in the moment, but are we willing to get in the moment, are we willing to get into the place where we don't know, I was sitting with a friend of mine, this is, man, this, I still remember this moment, this is a couple of years ago, we're sitting there having coffee, and we're in conversation, but I can tell he's left the conversation, because there's two young ladies, and it's not because he thought they were cute, they were having a conversation, and he just was starting to, honestly, in the moment, was just going, something I need to tell them, so she, he taps her on the shoulder, and says, I just need to tell you something, and he gave her one word, he says, I want, I just, Asia, Asia just comes to mind. That's just what's coming to mind. She goes, what do you, she go, he goes, yeah, yeah, just, God just wants you to know Asia. And she goes, oh my gosh. She goes, I've been planning for a year to go and I, I had not been able to get the finances together in it and I just have not been able to get it and to make it happen and I've been wanting to go and I'd planned on going and I'd done all these plans and all this stuff and, and the guy goes, well, I just wanted you to know God knows that and he's going to make something happen for you. And she's just like, oh, okay. Um, but in the moment, he didn't walk into coffee going, I'm gonna say Asia to somebody and see what happens. <laughs> like that was not it. He walked in and he was, he, was so, he was so willing to let God speak something crazy, weird, awkward, strange, difficult. He was so willing to speak whatever came up in the moment that God gave him something in the moment. God did the same thing with Moses. He said, when you get there, I'll tell you. Why? Just tell me now. Just tell me right now. No, I'll tell you when you get there because I need to know that you'll obey me even when you don't know. I need to know that you'll say something even when you don't know. I need to know that you'll speak up even when you don't know, that you'll love someone even when you don't know, serve someone when you don't know. I need to know that's gonna happen because when the moment comes for you to really say something and speak something and do something, I'm going to give you the words to say, but will, are you willing to open your mouth? Are you willing to be in the moment where he gives you the thing in the moment to speak and change the moment? Now, the last part of this verse, the last part of this verse is really tied to our vision statement as a church. And he says, go and preach the good news to all the world, to everyone, everywhere. Everyone, everywhere. Kyle, come on up. <laughs> I love you, man. You really are one of a kind. Everyone, everywhere. This is the one thing I didn't tell you about our tourist uh, trip, every time we go on a trip like this, every time we go to a new place, every time we enjoy a new place, we always come out of that place, and we always look at each other and go, why don't we treat our city like this? Have you ever had that feeling? You go to some other place, and you go, oh my goodness, oh look at that, there's a street named second, at- oh my goodness, this is- like everything blows your mind, and some of you guys know nothing blows my mind, well then you're just ungrateful. <laughs> I'm kind of joking, and uh, But I just, man, everything's incredible. And we, we would come home and we'd go, why don't we drive the streets of our city like we just drove the streets of that city? I think sometimes we come back home or go into the places we've been before We go to the places we've always been, whether it be a a place we like to go for entertainment or just to have a coffee or grab a drink or whatever, or it's a place we go to work and so we've got some issues there or frustrations and so we treat it a certain way or or we go into our neighborhood or we even go into our own home and we treat it like it's always been treated and we've kind of just decided this is how it will always be and we've forgotten that it is valuable. We've forgotten what it means to be able to drive around this city of Fort Worth, to drive around our neighborhood, to drive down our street and have friends on our street. When in a a culture where you drive in your garage, shut it and lock the door, we want to be people who see our street and see our neighbors. If we want to see Jesus in every street, we have to see the street. If we want to see him in every heart, we have to see the heart. We want everyone everywhere to see Jesus. And it ultimately is about the places we go and the people we meet. Where are the places you go? Can you see Jesus there? Who are the people you meet? Can you see Jesus there? Where do you regularly attend? Can you see Jesus there? Are you praying into that? Are you believing that God might just actually use you? And the miracle you've so much wanted here, he's wanting to do through you there. That the thing he wants to shift in your heart, the thing that he wants to change in your mentality, the thing that he wants to correct in your mindset, the thing he wants to unlock for you in your life is not in a church necessarily, but it is in the city that the church is here for. And when you go and you sit down next to somebody and when you hang out next to them, and there's someone talking and you hear them distressed, discouraged, or maybe the Holy Spirit just tells you they're distressed and discouraged, and you might not know what to say if I would encourage you just in one thing that's okay because in that moment he'll give you what to say and it has to be us willing to go okay does everyone matter does everywhere matter do do I take that as no one and nowhere do I read it as sometime and someone or, or or do I read it as everyone everywhere needs to be told about Jesus needs to be told about this good news needs to be told about someone who gave everything so that they might live and live with overflowing life, that they might not be caught up with shame or guilt or frustration or discouragement, but be set free by the good news of Jesus Christ. Everyone, everywhere, just like you and me, wherever we were, whenever we were there, Jesus showed up through someone because they were willing to go to the places they go and the people that they meet and tell somebody about Jesus. We're not necessarily trying to win people to our church. We want to win people to Jesus. And in so doing, begin to gather the church as a powerful, strong, healthy, vibrant, city-influencing group of people who love seeing Jesus wherever they go and whoever they're with amen because that's what Jesus is about he sees your city and goes oh did did you see that he sees your neighbor and goes oh my I died for them he sees that business down the road he says man I gave everything for every person that walks in those doors he sees those people we don't like I gave my life for them too because I want everyone everywhere to know the good news that Jesus Christ It died and rose again that they might have life and life overflowing, that we might see heaven on earth. And we need to get over the stuff that we carry, strip off every weight and every sin that so easily entangles us and run this race. And there will be some risk and there will be some challenges and there will be some things that that threaten your own ego and threaten your own fear and and faith. And, and, And I'm just gonna tell you, it won't always be easy, but I will tell you this, that your faith will grow in those moments where you're willing to do what God says to do. And there's some people, I believe, right now, even in the room, that you, you're you getting some places that are dropping into your heart right now that you wish you would see Jesus. A family, uh, a neighbor, a street, a workplace, a place you go hang out. And you, and you just know right now you're going, I want to see Jesus there. Maybe, maybe you're thinking of some people... And I would would just encourage you that he would say to you what he said to them. You, go. I know this is not like, hey, everybody, high five. This is like, oh, yeah. You, go. Find an easy way to do it. Find an easy way to share what God's doing. And some of you guys might be the very first thing you could do is go get up on that social network and go, this is what God said to me today. And there will be people in your circle of friends that never thought they would ever see that from you. And next time they see you, they're going to go, hey, what in the world were you talking about? In the moment, God will give you what to say. What can we do to create an opportunity that people might hear about the Jesus that's changed our lives so that he can change theirs as well? Would you bow your heads? Close your eyes. Let's pray. God, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that everyone in this place and everywhere that is represented in this place was valued by you. It mattered to you. In fact, I would really want to encourage this group of people, this church, this incredible, amazing, beautiful group of people that everyone here, everyone here, matters to you. There is nothing in their past, or their present, or what they worry about their future, that makes them less valuable to you, that disqualifies them from telling people about what you've done in their life. We are all going to make mistakes, we are all going to sin, we're all gonna fall short. That is not the message of the gospel. The gospel is everyone will fall short. And so I want everyone to know that I forgive them, that I love them, and that I came and gave everything for them. That's the good news. The good news is that no matter what, he covers it. No matter what, he's got it. No matter what, he sets us free. No matter what, he forgives. No matter what, he gives us life. No matter what, no matter where we came from, no matter what family we came from, no matter what situations we keep finding ourselves in, Jesus loves us. And I pray right now. You know, can I just have you do this? This is a sign of unity together. Would you stand with me? And we're just gonna pray over the people we meet and the places we go, the everyone and the everywhere, the streets and the hearts that we influence. Come on, let's just lift our hands to heaven. Come on, just listen. let's surrender this moment. God, I pray right now, in every person and in every life, God, I pray there's a freedom to speak. I pray there's a freedom to trust. I pray that there's people in this room that this week are going to find themselves in moments where unless you show up, unless you speak, unless you say what needs to be said, we will lose it. And I pray that you will you will robust give them robust faith. You would give them a fulfilling faith. You'd give them a faith that leans in so that they could see, even in the risky, awkward, difficult moments, the good news of Jesus Christ preached, told, proclaimed, offered to the streets and hearts that we all go to, the people we meet and the places we go. They might be strangers. They might be friends. They might be family. They might be co-workers, But there are people. We go to the places so that we can love the people. And I pray that this week we would begin to see Jesus on every street, and in every heart. We commit now to pray over the places and the people. We pray over the places and the people that you want to reach through us and that the miracles you want to see in us are done as we go out and let you flow through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, let's sing together.